Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly podcast where I chat with creators and entertainers about the nerdy things they love. I have one of those awesome entertainers with me here in just a moment, and we will chat about the many nerdy things she loves. I'm very excited about it. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about another one of my uh, my favorite people, peoples, groups of people in the world, Hero Forge, Hero Forge minis. Um, you know that I love them because I have an ever-growing collection on my desk just out of sight of various sundry Hero Forge minis. They are the best place to go for your custom tabletop miniatures. Uh, whatever you want, you can make it there. And I, and I talk about it every episode, but they release they release new content every week, which is kind of crazy when you think about it because we already feel like the options are unlimited in making these awesome minis, and yet they're adding even more. Um, every Tuesday, they drop new stuff, whether it's new uh, poses, new features, clothing, items, whatever it might be, they're dropping it there. And uh, as of course... As always, you can get those minis printed in color if you don't want to waste time painting. If you're like me and uh, painting is very frustrating to you, don't worry about it. Let them handle it. They can make these beautiful printed color minis for you. They're really fantastic. Just great folks over at Hero Forge Minis. Check them out at HeroForge.com. Follow them at HeroForge Minis. They drop new content every Tuesday. So please be sure to go check them out. And as promised, I have one of those really fun, creative, entertaining, nerdy people with me here today. I'm very excited to get to talk to her. I've been wanting to for a long time. The stars aligned, and and it's uh, very exciting to get to now chat with Amy Vorpal. So, Amy, what is going on? Hi. Uh, not a lot's going on. Happy to be talking to you. And yet, maybe a lot is going on. Uh, who's to say? <laughs> um, it's all relative. Um, yeah, but super stoked to be here. Yeah, I'm very glad to have you on. Sometimes so much is going on, we just get used to the amount of things going on, and we're like, oh, this is this is normal, right? This is normal, And then you yes. talk to someone who doesn't have 30 projects, and they're like, no, you should sleep. You should consider <laughs> sleep. Yes. Yes, that's, uh, I am getting good sleep, though, these days, so I, I really don't have much to complain about. If you were looking for a complaint, you won't find one here. Well, good. This is a, I would say this is a complaint free show. Oh, I'm okay. sure I've bitched about something before. So, um, you know, we'll leave, we'll leave the options open for us. Okay. Um, for people who might not know, uh, who are you? What do you do? What, what have you done? It's a long list. It is a long really list. Cool. Yes. I, I collect hyphenates like I can collect Pokemon. Um, so I am an actor, writer, dungeon master, D and D player, D and D writer and singer songwriter. Um, in no particular order, uh, sometimes just, you, you know, just draw from a hat and that's what I'm doing that day. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, if, if, I guess if people do not know who I am, if you just search my name on the internet, you'll probably find something delightful or adorable or cringy to make your day. Or all of the above. I mean, if you're really <laughs> yes. lucky, just hit for the cycle. Um, yeah, yes. I mean, I have, I've been a fan of all sorts of different things you've worked on. Uh, one of the earliest things I think I saw you on was, uh, Dread. With um, yes. and Norman and right. Dolan and Matt Mercer and Satine Phoenix and who am I forgetting? Uh, Talison Jaffe. Talison was on it, yeah. Uh, just one of I think one of the greatest, most creative live action game, whatever you want to call it. It was. I know it was, it was so different. Yeah, I guess live action escape room slash uh, tabletop role playing game um, where the roles are a Jenga tower pull and a. And then also some of the roles are physical challenges that you had to do. So, yeah, it was cool. It was pretty cool. I highly recommend anyone go check it out. Um, but, of course, you do many other things. And one of the many things that you do is music. And you actually have a music Kickstarter going on right now called Behold Her Dreams, 
which is an album that you have created, you have manifested from the universe. And um, we'll talk about that a lot, I'm sure. But but I'm curious, when did you get into to music as one of the many hyphenates that you wanted to be a part of your uh, your career? Well, I think I got into it. I mean, I we were uh, there are a bunch of different answers, but as as a, as young as a baby, that's the way that my mom she had uh, she had four daughters, and one of the ways to keep us all entertained and happy, uh, despite our you know differences as humans, was just singing. And so you know, before I could talk, I was singing and doing hand motions and stuff like that with my sisters. And uh, then and then Weird Al is kind of the reason. And I don't know if I need to say any more than that. But as a young person, it was like that he was the reason for music and kind of how I even found out about popular songs and all of that uh, and even made friends um, because of our shared interest in this you know delightful human um, Weird Al and then later on the, how I got actually actually so I've, I've written songs and parodies and stuff throughout my life but never really made anything out of them when I first got into actually producing it was because Saving Throw Show was just starting and they started as a kickstarter to make a web series about how to play pathfinder and i was part of the group and i was in the web series and some of the backer rewards that they had listed was um we'll write you a custom bardic song and tyler had just written a parody of just give me a reason and it was just give me a d6 and we had made this whole music video it was so much fun and then we fast forward to, I guess I just thought that that backer reward would be given to Tyler because he had written songs, but sure. they were like, no, Amy, you, you are doing this now. And it was like, I am? Okay. Uh, so I made about 20 to 25 custom bardic tunes for various, whatever they wanted. It was like for themselves, for their girlfriends, for their boyfriends, for... Um, their their in-game characters and I and we just they had them fill out forms that described them and like what they wanted mentioned in the song and and they weren't it wasn't like fill in the blank it wasn't like a one song fits all I wrote new songs <laughs> and that was kind of the boot camp into oh maybe I could do this just you know use lyrics that um uh, that I think of or you know have experienced or stuff from my life like the DM's lament uh and and so yeah, it was it was kind of that, and then and then I just never really looked back. I had a ukulele and bing bang boom, that's all you need. Off to the races. Yes. Did you ever have? Uh, because I certainly didn't uh, have one of those moments where you discovered that a Weird Al song that you really loved was a parody, and no one told you that Weird Al was parody music as a young kid, and you just thought it was the original thing, and that was uncomfortable and awkward as a child? Of course, yes. The answer is yes. But the one that I didn't realize was an actual song was the woman who cut off his wiener. Um, that song, the one about uh, the Bobbit. Oh, yeah, yeah. L Lorena Bobbit. Lorena Bobbit. Um, I didn't realize that was a song. I thought he was just... Oh, Headline News, I think is what the song is called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he covers like these different news, weird news stories, and I didn't know that that was a parody. I thought he was just like fit fitting in some i still to this day don't know what song he's parodying because <laughs> all i hear in my head is she cut off his wiener yeah i, I definitely had a an, an uncomfortable number of those and then i was like wait a minute is this not original music do i it's my whole world just been stood on its head yes but yeah it's funny it's funny like 
I wonder too, I'd never thought about Weird Al as being like the impetus for my own interest in like improv and ridiculous. And I was always making up, you know, like my own parody songs and whatever. And you can draw that through line straight back to like early mid nineties, Weird Al Yankovic, like being, oh, this is a way to creatively express myself. Yeah. He, yeah, it was, it was definitely a permission granted type of thing of like, oh, he's doing this. Maybe I could do this too. And you know, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like my boot camp into songwriting where it was like, oh, what is chords? Um, how do chords work together? It was more like, oh, the song already exists. I could just have fun with the lyrics and what I'm trying to say and that kind of thing. So it was, uh, yeah, pretty great, honestly. I, I find him, yeah, he's great. <laughs> I think he's inspired a lot of me and my colleagues. Did you ever watch the show uh, Gallivant on C? I don't, I don't remember what it was on. It was on CBS or something. It was like a fantasy musical show i saw i saw the one that he was in i never saw any other episode besides that i i don't know i don't i don't i don't even know if i knew enough about it to not be a fan it's just that i it didn't i don't know how it's like should it's definitely like a venn diagram crossover of something that i should have watched definitely should have also enjoyed but it just didn't uh cross i I have no idea why i never watched it (laughs) Well, it's it's one of the it was one of those shows like I think it I think ABC because I'm googling it, it was on ABC and they didn't promote it well it just kind of happened and then it was canceled and then it showed up on Netflix which is how I saw it and I oh was like, I see if I had known the show existed I would have watched it because it's beautiful and funny and wonderful music and and also I know the showrunners and they they actually here's an insight they got the guy who wrote all the Disney movies and uh, Little Mermaid to write most of the music for that show oh yeah and. And he wrote, they had this bit where somebody was insulting, basically said the way to win a fight is to insult someone's mother or to get the way to get into a fight is to insult their mother. But the way they did that was in song going, call her a whore, a slut, like, and just went down the list of fantasy, wench terms, and, and also uh, curse words, everything, like, you know, the C word, all everything that you could possibly imagine to call a woman, this man, this, you know, Little Mermaid writing songwriting man included just the the most horrendous words in this song like color of this color of this and it rhymed and it was punchy and funny and abc was like what are you doing like we we cannot put this in our show like we're abc uh but you just know that that songwriter was having the time of his dang life like really i can insult someone's mother for free multiple times in a song here we go (laughs) make it a musical yes I'm curious, um, because I feel like a lot of people have fun, like, origin stories, if you will, uh, about their love of, like, fantasy or gaming. What was it for you? Like, when was the first time that you uh, maybe played a tabletop game or a video game or something and you were like, oh, this scratches some sort of itch or catches my attention in some sort of way? So I never played a TTRPG until freshman year of college when a friend of mine just looked at my Lord of the Rings posters and saw I was an acting major and was like, ah, have I got the game for you? Um, And did the math for me. But before that, I would say uh, definitely Tolkien was just, you know, I got really, really obsessed with all of those books, including The Silmarillion at a fairly young age. And then... um, that was fantasy. I, I just read a lot. We moved around a lot as kids because my dad uh, is in the oil industry or was in the oil industry. He's retired now. But we moved around so much that my friends were my sisters and my books. And um, I just read books at recess. I didn't make friends that easily. So Weird Al definitely helped because that was a, uh, you know, some just, yeah, I, I had something in common with everyone who we moved around to be with. 
And then I, I did acting since I was four, like just little theater stuff at school, school plays or community theater, that type of thing. Um, so some version of performance and fantasy and reading uh, and just kind of disappearing into other worlds seems to have always been part of um, part of me. But yeah, the, the actual playing a TTRPG wasn't until freshman year of college, which is fairly late. I mean, I only started playing like five years ago and now I've oh. somehow made it, made it my, made it everything I do every single day. So <laughs> love <laughs> it's it. never too late kids. Yeah, it's your never dreams, too even late. If you don't know it's a dream yet. Yeah. So that's like, I have a thing. If someone's like, how do, how do I get to where you are? I'm like, well, don't get introduced to tabletop role playing games until you're 18. Close your eyes until you're 18. That's a first step. And then, but it's, it, yeah, it's like, basically i i don't know how i'm here <laughs> it's just how i'm here so i mean it seems very much like like talking to people especially people who are um, in la or kind of on the west coast where a lot of that kind of creativity seems to happen yeah um so much of it seems to be and maybe this is very obvious but like relationships and especially uh parallel relationships with people who are also like up and coming and growing because someone else has a project they're working on and maybe, Hey, you come help out on this. And someone else is like, Oh, I know Amy. She did really well in this little thing. I did come do this bigger thing. Totally. Um, is that a correct impression? Yeah. Um, I think so that, I mean, saving throw, that's how I, I told you about how saving throw was created. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just a web series about how to play pathfinder. And a friend of mine who did improv with me knew that I also was a nerd and a very specifically a D and D nerd. And so he recommended that I audition for this fast forward to like me auditioning for what would become my greatest friends. So it's like, yeah, that yes, <laughs> it's like, it's, you, you know, the person who would fit the role. And then yeah. you also somehow know the person who would not only fit the role, but be the friend in the group that the group needs also. I don't know. It would, I don't want to say casting your friends. Cause that sounds um, kind of gross and I have been parts of groups that are like who really were casting but they really were just trying to make friends and I guess there's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that um, but in this case it was yes we are all going to make this thing together and then the joyous byproduct of that was we all liked each other very much and yeah, yeah played D&D together and it's hard to not be friends with people you play D&D with man it's true I, I feel like D&D very quickly tells you if you're going to be friends with people Yes. Um, because because I've certainly played D&D with people. I was like, we're not going to be friends. I don't know why I'm here. It's better for both of us if I just leave. <laughs> like, actually, you're right. I've been in, I've been, I have been in uh, groups. None of them streamed actually, but some like, yeah, groups that we played. I, I, this was when I moved to LA and I didn't know many people and I definitely didn't know anybody who played D&D and I was just trying to find my way. And I joined some groups from gaming shops and here and there. And it was just like not a fit necessarily but i still wanted to play D, so i showed up mm-hmm. every sunday and yeah I, I don't really talk to any of those people <laughs> these days when did you move to la i moved to la january 2014 14 really no no 2007 sorry 2007 yeah. earlier yeah january 2007 graduated college a semester early um in order to do that and i i don't really know why i just wanted to get out of Oklahoma, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, I will refrain from making jokes about Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I get it though. Yeah. I'm just curious. It's always such an interesting thing to me as somebody who is 
still in Texas, who is probably never going to move to the West Coast and yeah. do creativity full time out there. I'm, I'm fascinated with it, though. And, you know, in a parallel life, would I have done something different? But so I'm just always curious, like, was it really just a did you did you have a plan beyond I'm going to go out there and be creative? Like, did you have um, a support network or were you just freestyling it? No, I didn't even have a, yeah, I didn't have a support network. I guess there were some people from my college, but I, it's not like I was close enough with them. Um, mm -hmm. So I, but I did have, I did have a guy that I knew who I guess was technically my boyfriend and that I, you know, we became boyfriend and girlfriend like November 1st, the year before. So I'd known him, God, two months before moving to LA and uh, I guess he was my boyfriend so we stayed in the same apartment but like yeah that didn't last there's so it was much just... to unpack there oh I know I know there's this guy that I knew and I guess he was my boyfriend I suppose at this time hey, but we'll move right we'll move right by it I mean like technically we said you know we had the title but I didn't yeah. know him you know what I mean sure. like I was so enamored by I guess the idea of him that being said, I was going to go directly to Chicago because I really loved theater and I really loved improv and comedy and that kind of thing. And I'd visited Chicago and I really liked the city and I had not really visited LA, but he was very much like, come and live with me. I've got a studio apartment and you'll fit in it. And that was not true, but- um, 180 square feet of totally. dreams come true. Yeah, and so I moved out to be with him and stay with him. And again, it didn't last very long, but I'm not, I don't regret it because yeah, it brought me to where I am now. And I'm glad I didn't go to Chicago first because I think where I really did wanna be is Los Angeles. Um, and guess what? They've got theater and they've got um, improv here too. So uh, not to mention, I mean, and, and yeah, you're saying you're not, you haven't made the move to the West Coast, but especially with gaming and the internet uh, and where D&D has led people, I guess since about 2014, it's like, yeah, why, why would you? If, if you can stream everything from home, um, Los Angeles is very expensive, but it does have the ocean. So I don't know. I don't, yeah, I obviously don't hate it here, but I also don't think um, you're necessarily missing out and, and you probably don't. Okay, if you regret what your choices are, shut up. <laughs> no, zero regret. Very okay, happy good. with where I am in life. It's just always that fun, like, like mental exercise. Like, what if? Like, what if, you know? Yeah, I mean, I came out to be an actress and I had a pretty, uh, pretty solid career for a little while and had a bunch of co-stars on prominent television shows and then my internet career kind of took off a little stronger and paid me more so I leaned in and that is that's kind of where I am I do miss the uh, the other stuff so I'm I'm taking steps and have been taking steps to get back into that um so that's going well again like I can't lose I'm I'm just doing great <laughs> it's just like whatever I want to do it, it seems to uh kind of the the path is open to me so that's awesome. And I think there's a lot to be said for like, um, attitude and, and, you know, and side note as, you know, a white dude in America privilege, yes. um, I have that in my back pocket and I, you know, that yeah. has to be acknowledged, but just, you know, self-confidence and belief and the willingness to go and try mm -hmm. and then to try well, as far as like, I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to be yeah. you know, punctual and work well with people. So right, um, right. I've talked with a lot of people before that like, uh, in fact, I think B. Dave was talking about this a few weeks ago when he came on, but, but like there are people who might be better fits for a project or who might be better performers, but you just know that they don't work as well as part of a team. Right. And so maybe go with someone who maybe isn't like going to be like the home run performer, but man, they're so much better to work with. And just by working well, they elevate the project. And so, yes. um, 
anyway, I don't remember what my rant was, but that, yeah, just manifesting your possibilities by, by being intentional and hardworking, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, like BJ was saying, I'm just kind of open and, and chill, uh, it's kind of, I mean, kind, I guess goes in there too, but, but I mean, I still, when I consider making projects, it's always, I will always go to the person who I know is just down as opposed to the person who is like, um, really gonna, I don't know. Sometimes the person who's down is really going to kill it, but it's not like, oh, I'm going to go for a list celebrity. I want to go with the person who I'm going to reach out to and they're probably going to say yes, show up, be happy um, and accepting and, and supportive because when I'm making my own thing, one of the main things I need is a lot of support and a lot of people going, no, yeah. no, no, you should still do this and not cancel because it is pretty good <laughs> because I have too many times where I want to just cancel and go, no, nobody's going to like this. Right. Well, you, you mentioned uh, in the midst of there, you know, you had uh, an acting career and an internet career mm-hmm. and recently you have a D&D writing career <laughs> yeah. um, with stuff in uh, Candlekeep Mysteries and the upcoming Fizzbands book. Yes. How, how did that come about? Was it just, again, purely like relationships and being in the space? And uh, or did you really want to write? To a point, it was relationships. The It actually, I had written adventures for Dungeon in a Box, which is a subscription-based service, almost like Matt uh, Colville's um, Arcadia, where they put yeah. out stuff every, every month. So Dungeon in a Box is a written adventure every month, complete with maps and minis um, and accoutrement that you can use in your play sessions. And my friend David Crennan had started it, who I also met through Saving Throw, and he was getting kind of bogged down in the actual adventure writing every month and needed to hire that out and asked all of his friends if they wanted to be adventure writers. And so I threw my hat in the ring, and and the version of that is uh, he wanted sample 8,000 word adventure. And I wrote my first 8,000 word adventure and sent it in, and he picked me out out of... a few and I will say that the adventure I wrote isn't correct like it's not perfect and it's not publishable um but I think he saw just yeah some good writing um good tone a good concept that was um you know fleshed out in in the ways that and I had also played dungeon in a box like I had I was an actual subscriber and fan so I knew kind of what he was looking for and I was able to format it in a way that I think spoke to the actual product so there was a lot of correcting after he hired me, but it was or notes, I guess, but it wasn't. I think I did a good enough. It definitely did a good enough job to get hired, and then through the process, I learned a lot. Fast forward to probably a year or two later, Chris Perkins um, tweeted out, "Does anyone write adventures who I probably should know about, or something like that?" Oh yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that tweet. Yeah, and so I answered like, "Yes, I have written a couple for Dungeon in a Box." Um, and I had known Chris Perkins from having played with him on streams at like D&D Beyond and Gen Con and a few others. I think no more than four, maybe four, though. I'd met him probably four times and played with him. And so I knew he knew who I was, but I don't know if I hadn't responded to that tweet that he would have considered me. But anyway, a year after the tweet was when I got the email that was like, hey, would you be interested in submitting an adventure for this uh, mystery uh, compendium anthology that we're doing? And I was like, "Uh, wrong email address. You're looking for someone else. But they assured me, no, no, it's you. And uh, yeah, Yeah. that took the form of a pitch that turned into a yes. And then a first draft that turned into basically a miss the mark, Amy, and then a rewrite, which turned into a yes. So... (laughs) <laughs> so that's in Candlekeep, um, which I'm excited about. I mentioned before the stream, I I have a, I put myself in a lot of trouble 
because mm-hmm. my my group um, just finished uh, Curse of Strahd, which we played for a year and a half, which was awesome. And uh, and uh, and I haven't DM'd wow. since I ran our very first mini campaign when we were like, let's try D and D back in like 2016, so five years ago or whatever. And we were taking a was break. Was that fourth edition? That might have been. Or no, it was right after fifth edition. Right, oh, okay. Yeah, so it was uh, it was the Lost Minds of Fandelver like starter adventure. Nice. Um, which was super fun. And none of us knew what we were doing. So I was like, I was totally relaxed because I had no expectations. Um, but we are going to, we're going to play the new Witchlight game that's coming out next week, I think. So I was like, well, what can we do in between then? I'll, I'll run a, I'll run a game from Candlekeep Mysteries because I got the uh, special edition because the cover is so beautiful. Oh, yes. Agreed. Um, and then I started reading it and I was like, what if I ran all of these? And we did like all of them. And then it became, what if that was a continuation of our Strahd campaign and so people could keep their characters and like play them and integrate into this world. And so now we just started like a level 14 run through Candlekeep Mysteries. Um, so who knows what will happen by the time we get to yours because I think it's written for ninth level. It definitely is written for ninth level. And it is, yeah. it's the only adventure actually set within the Candlekeep. I think everything else uh, takes you on a journey or a trip um, elsewhere. And it's also the silliest, or at least I've been told it's the silliest adventure in the book. So, uh, so notes for myself, lean into silly. Got it. Yeah. You kind of can't avoid it. It's um, ridiculous. (laughs) It's not a spoiler, but if you have been dying to play a version of spell jammers, my adventure might take you there. (laughs) Good to know. This is all, this is all, you know, kind of piquing my interest. So. I'm excited to play your adventure. Oh, here's another tip. Here's another tip. If you, yeah. if if your characters are very much, or your players really don't want to go back to Candlekeep, um, all the books start an adventure. So just, you can put those books kind of anywhere. Um, the only one that kind of is set in Candlekeep and requires a, at least a tower of a library is mine. Everything else yeah. is like the book takes you somewhere else or inspires you to go somewhere else. Well, see, I being the kind of DM that I am, uh, said, hey, we're going to play Candlekeep Mysteries, and I'm going to build this whole plan around getting you from Barovia to Candlekeep before I actually read any of Candlekeep Mysteries. <laughs> so I was like, and everything's going to be centered in the library, and I have all this lore, and then I open it, and it's like, and the players leave. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I did everything to get them here, because I assumed oh, this is no. where the book was happening. <laughs> oh, no. It's never on the DM side. Nothing is ever on the DM side. I'm glad yours is the one that's there that I won't have to, like make it an excuse to yeah you're still in a library yes so it, it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it and then uh you mentioned that you also have something coming in Fizzbands. is that correct yes i do so i'm a contributing writer for mm. Fizzbands, treasury of dragons and i uh what i contributed was the voice of Fizzbin. and he is um like tasha's cauldron of everything or volo's guide to monsters he'll be the, the stuff i contributed is basically like the post-it notes um, yeah. kind of color commentary on the pages or what I call them, my wizard tweets. Whenever my boyfriend is asking me what I'm writing, it's like, I'm writing my wizard tweets. I'm going to add that as a, as a career goal is to get paid to write wizard tweets. Yes, it was, it was delightful and fun. And the, some of the, yeah, lightest work I've ever had to do. It was a lot and it wasn't not difficult, but it was, um, really fun. So happy yeah. to, happy to do and very, like, gosh, what an honor, too, because Fizzman is definitely a beloved character in the Dragonlance slash D&D universe. Uh, yeah. And I am a woman, so the fact that they chose me uh, was really cool. And I know why they chose me, too. It's because James Wyatt, who was the project lead for Fizzman's Treasury of Dragons, 
um, was, uh, not, I don't know if he was struggling, but he definitely just was like, if you know anybody off the top of your head, Chris Perkins, who would be a good fit for this. And I, the way I heard it was he just was like, Amy, ask Amy. And it was like kind of a no brainer. And it, I, I, I will say, because you mentioned B. Dave was like, oh, sometimes it's not the person who fits the best. Uh, you're kind of looking for a team player and, and um, someone who's nice and will uh, just help and support the project. In this case, I definitely feel like I was the right person for the job just because of, yeah. like, I, I have a lot of training in improv comedy, um, character work. I've also written uh, kind of one-liner punchy jokes for uh, variety shows slash late-nighty type shows. I've also know a lot about D and D and can impersonate a wizard and you know what I mean. Like there, there's a it's like the the circle of of containment or I guess the crossover for the Venn diagram gets smaller and smaller until you might just be left with Amy Vorpal. So I definitely feel like they nailed it by hiring me. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with both being the the person best suited for the job and the person who's easiest to work with. <laughs> That's like, true if you, too. If you can be That's both, true too. go for it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, well, I want to take a real quick second to give a shout out to another one of my sponsors. And then uh, I'm very excited to hear about your music and your Kickstarter and uh, chat more about that. But shout out to second awesome supporter of the show, Die Hard Dice, makers of, uh, I don't want to shock you here, but dice that are absolutely beautiful and uh, fantastic. And not only that, but they're beautiful and fantastic people. Um, we do a lot with them uh, over at Dorvin Forge too. And my other, other life uh, we were doing some really cool things that we actually just announced today. So uh, go to dwarvenforge.com and check that out. But also go to dieharddice.com. Get yourself some brand new, fantastic looking dice. Use the code ROLLPERSUASION at checkout and you'll save 10% and support the show and support small businesses in the community, which I am a big believer in. And they are a fantastic business to uh, put your dollars towards. So if you need some uh, shiny math rocks, go check them out because they are a great source, great people, dieharddice. Com. Thank you for supporting the show. Um, they are fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, tell me more about Behold Her Dreams because it has some of the coolest art. Um, and if you go to the Kickstarter page, just, it, uh, I don't know, Google Behold Her Dreams and Kickstarter. We'll put the link in the show notes. How's that? Yes. Super cool art. What is it? How did it come about? Uh, what are you excited about? Well, I don't always give this explanation, but since we're on this specific podcast, uh, I think the audience will understand this. Behold Her Dreams is a pun on Beholder Dreams. Ta-da! Um, and that's, Beholder Dreams are, is how uh, beholders have babies. It, if you want to know more about it, look, up, look it up in Volo's Guide to Monsters. But when a beholder is asleep and dreams, they manifest what they're dreaming about in the form of another monster. So if they're dreaming about themselves or themselves looking in a mirror or themselves looking into a funhouse version of mirrors, they will produce another beholder uh, similar to themselves, probably a little different, and or maybe multiple beholders. And then there you go, babies. Now, if a beholder is dreaming of a dragon, well, now you have a beholderkin dragon <laughs> that is not quite a dragon and not quite a beholder, but some weird amalgamation of whatever they were dreaming of. So I loved the pun because my album is, uh, yeah, it's not, it's, my first album is called Songs in the Key of D&D. &D. And guess what type of themes we're playing with? All D&D &D themes. But this one is um, some D&D &D songs for sure. And then some other ones that I just, they're just songs. Like some of them are love songs. Some of them are creepy lullabies. I've got some like uh, kind of self-care advice songs, um, 
feelings. Yeah, just an amalgamation. So therefore, um, beholder dreams. That's what I've dreamed, uh, dreamed about in my head. And now it's a manifestation. The pun works. It's also behold her dreams. It's a great title. Um, you, you can fight me on that. I'll win. It's a great title. So the people, so it's one of those, like, if you know, you know, and if you don't know, it's just a great album title. Right. And then, yeah, like you said, beautiful artwork um, from at an ethereal fire on Instagram. And the gown was designed by at Chad Hatter, like the Mad Hatter, but Chad yeah. on Instagram. It's super fantastic. And like I said, we'll put a link below. And and I'm excited because we're going to have a role for persuasion first. Um, th- it, this is becoming like a real show where uh, you brought a clip to share. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of late night shows, uh, show yeah. us what you got. Yeah. Um, but you sent, yeah, you sent over um, one of the tracks yeah. from, from the album. This is this is definitely mixed. I don't think it's quite mastered yet. That'll be much, much later down the road. But as far as I'm concerned, I can't hear anything wrong with it. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely like as finished as, as I need it to be. And then my music producer is a little fiddler. And so he'll get a little anal about the final product. But... It's called you. You said a little fiddler, and I was like, "Oh, he's and he's going to add some like <laughs> violin tracks." On top. I, I think he can play the. I know he can play the banjo, uh, but I I don't know if he can play um, the yeah the bow the bow typed instruments. He can do pretty much everything, uh, sure. so I wouldn't put it past him. But uh, this one's called "You Found Me," and it is inspired. This is I would consider this a D and D song. Um, the chorus says, "You found me, a D and D playing girl." So it's inspired by probably n- nothing recent, but definitely 10 or 15 years ago when I was a D&D playing girl, and men would um, just love it, and they would look no further, I guess. It would be like, you play D&D, I love you. And it's like, hold up, you don't know me. Um, <laughs> I could be anyone underneath. And so it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a song born of how I felt back then, which was, how dare you? Um, and not born of, wow, this is flattering. So take that into consideration. But it's also just a funny character uh, song of, yeah, it's very character It starts out sweet, and then there's a fun twist. Um, but I, it's definitely from uh, real life and then exaggerated and hyperbolized, uh, which I love doing. Well, then, uh, dear listeners, take a moment and let's enjoy this track, You Found Me, from Behold Her Dreams, from Amy Vorpal. Um, Check it out on Kickstarter. Like I said, link will be in the description, and we'll talk more in a minute, but uh, let's go. You're sitting in your gaming shop, it's just another day. You pull out your dice, and you're ready to play. All the regulars are there, the bell rings on the door.
As true love goes, I'm your first. But just remember, you weren't coerced. And I won't let you go. So I guess you've got to trust that my weird heart has enough love for both of us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was so fucking good. Thank you. That was awesome. Thanks. I, it's very, like, you can so kind of see it, right? Like, it starts in a gaming shop, and then we go to a murder dungeon, and, uh, you know, like, the, it's like, zip, she's not who you thought she was. <laughs> I loved it. It was a mix of styles, too. I loved it. It was, like, a little, like, pop boppy, then it was a little rocky, and then it felt a little, like... Musical uh, theater kind of Broadway musical yeah. theater, yeah. Um, a little guitar solo at the end. Right. Yeah. So fun. So you, one of your stretch goals on the campaign, uh, is to do a music video for one of the songs. Is this one of the, the front runners in your mind of, it is the front runner mainly because I can visualize it so hard. And like, I, I love the character of it and I just want to play the character. There are other songs that are just like good songs that I, of course I love, but, um, this, sure. this one already to me is just visual. And I always, I tend to lean, I mean, if you listen to songs in the key of D&D, most of these songs sound like they're from a musical. So um, mm -hmm. it, whether or not it's like a pop song or a rock song or a country song or whatever, it sounds like the musical theater version of that, uh, yeah. which I, I freaking love. It's just that this one, I love the zip effect. Like, I'm so sweet. It starts so sweet. And then it turns into the Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. And it, it just... It's just calling to me to to be this person and wear the different outfits and and I guess uh, the main reason I want to do the stretch goal of making music videos I want to attach my name as director and I, which means I want to do the verb of directing it and the fact that I can visualize it so so easily uh, yeah. makes it seem easier to actually direct because I can I can yeah see it. So I wouldn't call myself like a seasoned director or definitely not a trained one. So uh, I guess the least amount of friction of visualizing a project, the easier and the better. So that makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you have someone in mind to be cast as the uh, the D&D &D dude in the store? You could probably throw a D20 and hit 
any one of my friends would be great at this. So sure. the the short answer is no. Again, it's going to come down to who's who's down. And if right. I can, I, I guess at the time of recording this, I haven't hit that stretch goal yet. So we'll see. Obviously, some extra cash thrown towards the music video is going to um, maybe help a little bit more. Um, look, if, whether or not I hit the stretch goal, it's, I, I'm probably going to make this music video. But um, yeah, the extra cash is going to really... Uh, make it something that I'm actually proud of uh, without, you know, breaking the bank uh, in my own pockets. So we'll see. We'll see who it is. Um, yeah. I, I definitely want it to be someone in the role playing community, uh, definitely someone with comedic skills. But again, you know, <laughs> as far as my friends go, yeah, that's pretty much everybody. <laughs> I did like uh, I, I like to the the powered shift dynamic right of like the like oh i'm the i'm, I'm the dude teaching the girl how to play D &D. yeah i i went and found my nerdy girl and yeah. then it's like no no she found you, you. yeah and like the my favorite part that we worked really hard to get and it, like i don't do any favors for my music producer because um you know they work on it's like the easiest way to make music is plugging and playing in a uh digital space and I'm like, can we speed it up at the end? And he's like, gosh, Amy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I definitely don't do him any favors, but he nailed it. And I, I just love the production of it so hard. Yeah, the, the end part of it where I'm rhyming, um, find you. Uh, my favorite line in that is, guess how I feel about being lied to. <laughs> There aren't there aren't there aren't any takebacks after you say I do. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I yeah, just the whole, love the whole run at the end. Yeah, like, the run. Yeah, <laughs> which also had some some weird Alish vibes, right? Of just like look at how look at my breath control. I'm just gonna do a totally yes yes. You can see the inspiration through and through from Weird Al. So I just have to always shout him out because yeah, just like the craziness of it, and also I think even in when I'm doing like character -y songs, you can tell my vocal tone is like kind of mimicking him, not on purpose, but you know, again, he gave people permission to not be like Kelly Clarkson singing um, or like power diva pop ladies right. singing. He just has this kind of weird voice that is like, look, I'm doing a parody of a song. And you're like, totally, you are, that's great. I love listening to it. So I just love that permission too. Um, that again, musical theater does give you that permission to like do a crazy accent while you're singing or whatever. And and that's, you can hear that like, I'm, I'm so sweet. And then I found you, you know, it's like very, yeah. it's just, yeah, like, all of all of the good stuff is in that song in my opinion <laughs> but i'm biased <laughs> no it was awesome so much room to play that must have been fun not just to write to record and like now i'm looking forward to a music video so yeah very exciting um well i, I think we're, we're coming up against it anything else you wanted to uh, anything else you need to shout out share anything you got going on well you were gonna ask me a question i don't know if you remember at the very beginning and i answered it and then you were like oh we have to answer oh this on the podcast gosh, i sure did this is <laughs> see this is the risk of doing pre-show i know chat. it's like and this is why hey, so how many are you? stupid like, bro podcasters are like save it for the podcast save it for the podcast yeah and um, and honestly yeah, no, no, though save it for the podcast <laughs> yeah this was this was good so i assume you get asked this question a lot and so i i was hesitant to even ask it which is why it didn't even come up during the main thing but but my question was is vorpal your real last name because it's so perfect. Yes. Right? And I love answering this question because the answer is it is my real last name. It is always has been, always will be my last name. My entire family is, uh, they are all Vorpals. 
And none of them have taken up the mantle in the same way that I have, which is, uh, yeah, really, really to embrace it so much to the point where, yeah, that's my handle and gamer tag and all of that. It's I'm all my nerd sona, my internet persona is at Vorpal Sword, but it's always been a part of my uh, life and I never looked back and yeah, no one believes it. They think that I changed to fit something, but no, I, I just am who I am and I got really lucky. <laughs> but it's an old German last name, old, old, old German, yeah. and it means boundary marker, which is not as uh, intense as what Vorpal means, which is deadly. And again, my, mine sure. does have an H in there, so you know that's always a fun thing to play. Where's the H? Is it after the P or before the L? It's before the L. Um, Vorpahal. Yeah, Vorpahal. Uh, or, like I say, it's like the name Paul, just with an H instead of a U. Boundaries are good, too. Boundaries are a good <laughs> thing. I mean, they're very in right now, as they should be. So, you know, <laughs> right. Maybe even more oh, than Right, yeah. And I'm sure the old Germans did mean, like, hey, I, I just mean, like, I need five minutes to process this and not this is my land. <laughs> Your cow cannot be <laughs> right. over here. This is where my cow goes. Exactly. Yeah, it was totally about mental health. Sure. <laughs> no, that is, that is super cool. And uh, as, you know not to tell anyone how to live their life, but, uh, as, as someone who took, uh, I didn't take my wife's name. I took a, we took a totally different name from her family when we got married. So we just totally ditched the patriarchy altogether. Wow. That's like a kind of name that should you ever enter into a traditional, you know, quote unquote marriage, like, sorry, this is Stan. This ain't, this ain't going. Yeah. This must be passed yeah. On. It would. Exactly. Um, and I don't know what form that will take it, but even if it's, you know, just my stage name or, or, or definitely legal, I haven't really had to make that decision yet. So we'll see, but I, yes, it will always be my last name as far as anyone is concerned. It's a hell of a name. Yes. Thank you. Hell of a name. Super cool. And you are a hell of a person. Thank so you. thank you so much for coming on and for hanging out and chatting. Um, as you said, the best way for people to find you is to Google your name uh, because it's it's easy. Uh, you've got a great site that links all your resources and we'll put them all in the show notes. But go ahead and tell people where can they find you if they want to uh, catch up with you on social media or see what you're up to. Yes. Uh, if you want to just dabble in my Venn diagram of all the things that make me Amy, just go to amyvorpal.com. You can play around there. Uh, get some good get some good stuff and I'm really proud of that website actually so really actually do go there but if you want more up-to-date like l we're going live now on Twitch or check out this new thing that would be closer to uh, Twitter or Instagram and I am again at Vorpal Sword that's V-O-R-P-A-H-L Sword won't spell that for you um, and just so you know in the Jabberwocky poem in Alice in Wonderland the uh, Vorpal Sword and Vorpal Blade are both used, so I just picked uh, and and just leaned in Vorpal Sword. I get the feeling that there's a story behind that. There's a lot of at messages. There's a lot of them, actually. Well, actually. Exactly. A lot of them actually thrown my way, and yeah. so, yeah, that's just a caveat to say, look, I know what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, and then, I guess, you know what, since we're doing it, please, if you like that song, there's many, many more. Uh, it's going to be an 11 song album called Behold Her Dreams, and that is on Kickstarter. It's in my bios and all my social media. It's the first thing you see when you go to my website. And I'm really trying to get to the stretch goal of making a music video. Again, you heard it here first. I'm probably going to make it regardless. But um, if you like uh, The DM's Lament, which you can watch on YouTube, I want it to be that quality. And any extra uh, help you can give or support you can give is going to get it up to that quality. So there you have it. I have backed it. You should back it. We should Thank all back you, it. Thank you, Andrew. It's going to be... Fantastic and awesome. 
Um, and one, one more thing, uh, supporters of this show. And if you want to be one of them, you can go to patreoncom slash roll for persuasion and support the show. Um, get access to the zone of truth, which is a fun bonus segment that I record with my guests after each and every episode back catalog of something like 60 episodes now of fun bonus content. So not only do you get access to the current and future episodes, but you get access to the past, um, go delve into the archives and enjoy fun, ridiculous chats with some of my most favorite people in entertainment. Um, at roll for, oh, not roll for persuasion.com. You can go there too, but patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, five bucks a month, big help to me in the show. And, uh, Amy, you said that you had something you wanted to, wanted to do chat about in the zone of truth today, uh, that had to do with life coaching. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, the bonus episode, I think we're going to just talk about how I hired a life coach, um, not because of COVID, but right before, and then spent most of lockdown, uh, being coached and having a lot of success with that. And I love it very much. It's something I don't really talk about um, all that much, but I'm happy to, if anyone wants to know, it's just something a little more personal. I don't feel like tweeting out, that's all. But happy to tell you all and happy to tell Andrew about my experience. So uh, I think that's what we're gonna discuss. Yeah, and it, it's something in general that I'm a big fan of like going out and finding the specific support that you need in different areas, whether it's like business or general life coaching or mental health or whatever it might be like. Um, it's so great that we have the ability to go and find targeted resources like that to yes. really like get us aligned on our goals. And so always worth the money, always worth the money. Super excited to talk about that. Um, thank you so much for joining. It was super fun. The song was awesome. <laughs> I'm excited for the album and, uh, looking forward to it and we'll have to, uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Thank you, Andrew. I'd love to. And of course, people listening to the show, you know that you can follow me on the major socials of Twitter because that's the only one I'm really active on. So check me out at Roll Persuasion there. You can go to rollpersuasion.com to see various other things I have going on, merch and whatnot. Um, there are, oh, there are cool things happening. There are cool things happening that are just around the corner that I'm excited to talk about that I can't quite talk about yet, but keep an eye out on the Twitter because that stuff is coming soon. Uh, if you are on an Apple device, please, uh, leave a review for the show. Even if you just tap a star, preferably five or higher, if you can figure out how to leave an above five star review, by all means, please do that. But, uh, check out the show there. It's a big help with the old discovery algorithm. If you support it there. But uh, until next time, guys, enjoy your games. 